Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Sunshine. That's right, it's sunshine, the nothing personal word of the day. Sunshine, as in what comes in up in the east, down in the west, no matter where you live. Sunshine, as in ain't got no more sunshine. Bill Withers died today at 81. Bill Withers, ain't no sunshine from Notting Hill. I know I shouldn't be saying this from Notting Hill, but it is. How about Morgan Freeman in a movie called Lean On Me? Lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. If you can name, tweet at me right now. First person after listening to this show who can tweet at me a movie starring, co-starring, somebody who also co-starred in Dodgeball that uses Lean On Me in the movie will get a mention in Monday's show. Let me say it again, because that was as convoluted and as unclear as the plan that I have to wipe off my groceries. Bill Withers died today at 81. Prolific songwriter. I'm not about prolific, but just famous. Hall of Famer. One of his songs is Lean On Me. Lean On Me was the name of a movie with Morgan Freeman. Not relevant to the question. The trivia question is, name a movie that Lean On Me was used in a very significant way that stars an actor slash actress who also starred in Dodgeball. If you Google, it will be on your conscience. If you win this by tweeting at David P. Sampson, tweet it, DM it, whatever you do. First one. We'll get a shout out on Monday's show. Word of the day is sunshine. Bill Withers, may he rest in peace, 81 years old. So I'm having a debate before the show with Coca. The word turd, T-U-R-D, turd, that's not a racial epithet, I wouldn't think. I think it just means a piece of you-know-what. It starts with S and ends with T. Hi, Amy Trask in the middle. That's what I think a turd is. Rex Ryan went on a show today and got a lot of attention because he went on a rant about Amari Cooper. Let me tell you who Amari Cooper is if you don't know. He's a wide receiver. Maybe he's in the top 10 wide receivers. You could say he's the top 10 wide receiver. How about the number five wide receiver in all of football? Well, he signed a contract with the Cowboys, $100 million over five years. I'd say $50 million of it is guaranteed, whatever the guaranteed number is, because you know there's no full guaranteed contracts in football. And whether it's 50 or, thank you, Coke is telling me it's 40, so I guess $40 million of it was guaranteed. I think we've really helped our audience now that they know that $40 million was guaranteed out of the hundo. Totally not relevant to the segment, but that's called 
producer value added. PVA, COCA. So Rex Ryan does an interview. He is an analyst, an NFL analyst. His job is to be opinionated. And you know very well that he is opinionated. Rex Ryan is the son of Buddy Ryan, who was the coach of the uh, not uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. And I believe Rex Ryan is Buddy Ryan's son. I'm almost positive. So Rex Ryan is paid to tell you what he thinks. And I'm good with that. That's his job. So when asked about Amari Cooper, he had the following to say. Amari Cooper is a player who disappears. Unclear whether he meant on the football field or off the football field. Can't be counted on. Doesn't play as hard as I'd want him to play. Isn't as good as I'd want him to be. Went on to a laundry list of issues that he had with Amari Cooper. Then when asked a follow-up question, his response was simple. I would stay as far away from that turd as possible. I wouldn't sign that turd ever. I wouldn't have that turd on my team ever. And then people went crazy. There were tweets. He has to apologize to Amari Cooper. Rex Ryan needs to do a better job of watching our show or listening to our show, to which I appreciate that you do. Remember to tell your friends that nothing personal is still going Monday to Friday. We are here for you during anything, everything, every day. Well, not Saturdays and Sundays, except this Saturday, there's a bonus pod. End of month Q&A mailbag pod. So the reason I wanted Rex Ryan to watch this show is he knows how we end it. He knows this show. It's just business. It's nothing personal. If I'm Rex Ryan and I want to make a name for myself as an analyst on a network and I'm asked about Amari Cooper and I know for a fact that I would never sign him, that's the type of opinion I want to give. And that's why you can get paid a lot of money to give opinions when you've been in a position to actually make those decisions, as opposed to people where it's a unicorn who makes money by being a gas bag who gives opinions when they've never done anything other than give opinions. At least when I talk to you about things I've done, I did it for 18 years. I've been in the room. I can tell you exactly what was in my thought process, exactly what I did say or would have said. When asked about Amari Cooper, I would say there's no way that he's worth $100 million over five years, $20 million. You think that he's the second best wide receiver to June to Julio. I was about to say June Jones to Julio Jones, who makes $22 million a year for the Falcons. Is he closer to the top 10, which is about 16 million a year? Or should he slot in right at number two at 20? For me, he slots in below the top 10. And on top of that, I wouldn't want him on my team. He is someone who in the clubhouse is not additive. He is not the type of character that I want on my team around my other players, does not give the type of effort day in and day out, studying the plays on the field, off the field. I'm good. Don't want him. Rex Ryan would have been perfect saying that because not one thing I said in that is personal. Why call him a name? When I go ahead and talk about Scott Boris, which I'm going to do next, it's never personal. You may think it is, but it's not. I'm actually evaluating the things that he says out of his mouth. I'm not calling him names. I'm not impugning his his ability to to run his business or to be a father or a husband or uncle or aunt or sister or brother or cousin or friend. 
or Roman or a countryman? No, I'm telling you from a business standpoint. Rex Ryan has every right to say about Amari Cooper what he said from a business standpoint. And when you get personal, it's like the conversation ends. When you call someone a turd, people sort of tune it out, right? That's not additive. Leave that to the people in our business who don't have a clue, who get paid to render opinions based on nothing but fantasy. What they've dreamt of in their minds could happen in a clubhouse, could happen being around professional athletes. Leave that to them. Rex Ryan, you're lucky enough to be a former coach, just like when there's former professional athletes or former professional executives who give opinions because they've been in the game. The problem is the majority of those in the, even in the game who give opinions don't really want to give the real opinions because they want to get back in the game and they're afraid for sure that if they say anything bad about anybody, they won't get another job. That doesn't make them anything other than boring, horrifically difficult to listen to. It's your lucky day. I'm not looking to get back in the game. I'm in the game. I am the game. You're the game. We are the game together here at Nothing Personal. Rex Ryan got personal with Amari Cooper. There was no reason to. (sighs) God, am I about to get personal with Scott Boris. (laughs) Hold on one second. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Scott Boris, I hope you're watching. I hope one of the thousand people that you employ with such very high wages that they are watching. So you get word of what I'm about to say about your idea of functional isolation. Functional isolation. It sounds sort of feng shui. Scott Boris came out and said, I have an idea. Let's do functional isolation. Let me give you a proviso. I want baseball to start now. I want everyone's life back the way it was. I want jobs to return. I want restaurants to open, sports games to be played, and people to have their biggest worry whether or not the Yankees will win the World Series in New York. I want it to. I want creative ideas that have a chance to help us get through this pandemic and come out on the other side stronger. I spend hours a day because I got them thinking about things I can do differently, I can do better. What changes can I bring about that I can actually make that are impactful? What ideas can I use my platform, which is nothing personal, thank you, CBS. This platform, what ideas can I come up with that can be helpful? Scott Boris uses his platform to come up with ideas that help him and only him. His idea yesterday was the winner. Ding, ding, ding. In this corner, you've got an agent who all of a sudden is not receiving 5% of the paychecks that players are getting because right now baseball players starting today are going to be getting $4,000 a day to a maximum of, let's say, $250,000 on their guaranteed contract. Let me do the math for you. 5% of $250,000, guess what that is? That's about $12,500. Guess what 5% of $20 million is? Yeah, that's about a mil. So is there a difference between a player getting $20 million and $285,000 during the course of this season? Oh, yeah. Now multiply that by the number of players he has, and you've got yourself a bit of a financial pickle. So what do I want to do? 
I want to start the season. Akshav. Matt, no. Now. So, my idea is this. Functional isolation is when we have all of baseball that is now able to start because of my brilliant idea in the next couple of weeks. Forget the fact. Forget the fact that until April 30th, there is a shutdown. Forget it. But in the next two weeks, I want all baseball players to find their way to Florida and Arizona. I want spring training open. They will be in hotels and they will be quarantined. They will go from the hotels to the ballpark, back to the hotel, to the ballpark, back to the hotel, to the ballpark. That's it. We will then give every single person in the traveling party, and there are about 60 of them. He got that fact right. We'll give every member of the traveling party a test every day. If anyone tests positive, ba-boom, isolated, until they're better. He's better, she's better, and then they're back in the traveling party. Boom, we've got baseball. I don't even know where to start. Okay, you convinced me. I'll start. Let's start the fact that we can't get people who actually feel sick, we can't get them enough tests. Yet we want to give all baseball teams 60 times 30, 1,800 tests per day, every day. Okay, we'll start with the fact there aren't enough tests. Did he mention anything about the hotel workers who have to change the sheets in the rooms of the hotels that are now closed? Did he mention anything? Yes, they'd be back to work, but are they going to get tested? Did he mention anything about the food preparation, about the workers inside the stadium ballpark to keep the grass green and to then clean up the dirt that gets around the bases and in the outfield grass when people are sliding and playing catch? Did he mention the grounds crew in any way? Do they get tested? What about the fact that they have to stay in isolation away from their families? No. Okay, we didn't talk about that. All right. What about then we want to bring baseball back? Of course we do, Scott. But I need you to beam me up to your level because I'm not intellectually superior enough to understand exactly what you meant by functional isolation. I need you to explain to me what I'm missing because when we start broadcasting the games, which you said will be played in front of no fans, but while quarantined, we need TV. We got to watch games. So do the broadcasters and all the technical people needed to put on a broadcast, do they get tested every day too? Is there room for them in the hotels that you're going to open? Do they get to travel from the same hotels or do they have to stay in different hotels because they may not have the budget or the financial wherewithal to stay in the hotels that you want opened for the baseball players? See, I'm all very confused, Scott. If you want to come up with something, do me a favor. I want you, you're a smart guy. I've read about you. You're the smartest guy ever. I'd like you to come up with a plan that actually works, that actually could make sense. Not that it's going to happen because, Scott, I've got a secret for you that within the walls of baseball, I don't know if you know this because I used to be in the walls of baseball, whenever you would open your mouth, you know what we'd all do in baseball? Boop. And that's not Alexis touching Dave's nose or Twyla's nose. Boop. That's a Schitt's Creek reference. Nope. If you're not watching and you're listening, I just covered my ears. 
That's what we do when you open your mouth, Scott. You know why? Because when spew gets in there, right, it clogs it up. It's worse than earwax because then it hardens and solidifies. And the problem is when you come up with the same sort of drivel all the time, once in a while, you know, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut, a a broken clock is right twice a day. Once in a while, I'm going to say maybe you've got something interesting and practical to say. But guess what? Boop. Ears are closed. Functional isolation. Nope. NGTH, SB. Not going to happen, Scott Boris. But thanks for the idea. Now, let's keep trying out there. So, Justin Turner is doing exactly what I am asking everyone to do. He is spending time. He's a player for the Dodgers. He actually is in the final year of his deal. I think he's making $20 million this year if they played 162 games, which they won't. So he's only going to get a prorated portion of his salary for whatever number of games are played. I don't think anyone's playing a violin for someone making $10 million to play 81 games, but that's neither here nor there. Justin Turner is actually trying to come up with functional ideas, things that could actually help once the season gets started. And the issue that he's trying to deal with is the possibility of long extra inning games in a truncated shortened season. And that's a real issue that is being discussed within the commissioner's office, within all front offices, because in the best of times, what Sticks would say, is it Sticks, Coca? The best of times. That's a song, just on a quick side note, and I'll get back to Justin Turner. That's a song that came out when I was like a junior, maybe a sophomore, junior in high school. And I used to listen to that music, except I was absolutely, totally embarrassed to tell anyone that I listened to that type of music because my friends were listening to more classic rock. Well, it wasn't classic rock then. It was just rock. It's become classic rock, right? Now, classical music was always classical music because the people listening to it. But if you listen to classical music at the time it was done, why would it be called classical music? I think it was just music. So the rock that was being listened to is rock, but now it's called classic rock. But there was a radio station called uh, 95.5 WPLJ in New York, and it played all of this sort of rock-type music. And I liked sort of the romantic ballads. I liked songs that were about love and songs that made me feel sappy and songs that would bring a tear to my eye back when I was able to have emotion and songs that I just enjoyed listening to, except... When there would be water cooler talk at school the next day, there was no DVRs back then. What we had to do is we had to negotiate, you know, between the velociraptors and the sort of vegasauruses and the, the other sort of dinosaur reptilian flying things to get to school uphill both ways with holes in our boots because it snowed and there'd be ice. So on the way to school, I'd have to always be able to have a conversation with friends because they would talk about what was on that day or what were the popular songs because it was appointment listening or watching of shows. If you didn't get to watch it or listen to it that day, you were lost and left out the next day. And as it was, I was made fun of enough because of my size. So I always had to pretend I liked music, but the certain kind of music, but I would always, always prefer listening to the light. I think it was, I want to say 101.5 light FM. That was always the station that I would listen to. And one of the songs, the best of times, that's by Sticks. No idea why I'm telling you about the best of times, but Justin Turner is trying to figure out what he can do. And in the best of times, I brought it home, baby. 
In the best of times, extra inning games are a pain in the neck because while we're watching an extra inning game, we're actually on the phone to people in player development. We're saying, hey, we need three pitchers to get on a plane because we need them for tomorrow because we've gone through our whole pitching staff. We're going to send out player A, B, and C because they have options. Even if they don't deserve to be sent out, they're going to be sent out. We're going to bring back up fresh arms, including someone who can give us multiple innings. Then we have to call the clubhouse manager to start making uniforms. Then we have to call the traveling secretary to make the travel arrangements to get these players from your AAA team or your AA team to the Major League City, wherever you happen to be. Then after the game, we have to meet with the manager, be angry if we lost the game in 16 innings, be pleased if we won the game in 17 innings, but still tell the manager, by the way, these are the player moves we're making, and it was all done while you were managing, so I'm sorry that we're not involving you. Oh, then we have to call the owner who's been calling in saying, what are we going to do? These guys look like they can't go anymore. All of that's going on during the course of an extra inning game. Oh, by the way, the players are exhausted. And now that they can't take amphetamines and they're stuck just doing Cuban coffee or in some cases Red Bull, which I don't like when our players would do because they'd have like their hearts beating through their uniform and I'd be worried they were going to have the big one and no Red Bull's not a sponsor of mine because if it were, I would say, and then they had 27 Red Bulls and it was all good for them. So given that they get tired when they have to play extra inning games, let's figure out a way to get rid of extra inning games. So we did. We thought during the competition committee, here's what we should do. We can put a man on first and second, nobody out. Put a man on second, nobody out. Put a man on second and third, one out, starting in the top of the 11th. Everyone looked at us as though we had literally said that the national anthem will no longer be sung before a baseball game. We had committed one of the great sins of all time. Men on base in an extra inning without earning their way. The pitchers on the committee said, you can't do that. They'll get more earned runs and that affects their money. The manager said, there's no way that would make us change the strategy. We'd have to go small ball instead of putting our hands down on the knob and going for the home runs. Something has to be done. Justin Turner had an idea. He went public with it. NGTH. But it's a good idea that he's thinking. Justin Turner wants a home run derby in the 11th inning of every game. So here's what he suggested. If the game is still tied after 10 innings, you take the three best hitters of each team and you do a five out home run derby. Every one of the three hitters gets five outs and whoever hits the most home runs, that team wins the game. Hmm. Well, here's the problem. That is extremely prejudicial to teams who are not built to hit home runs. So a team like the Yankees, who could come in their home run derby with Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, and let's just say for fun, Glaber Torres. Ah, he's not. He's hurt. Let's say Miguel Andahar. Oh, yeah, he's probably hurt, too. How about Gary Sanchez? Yo, no, he's not hurt, too. He's hurt. Do you get my point? They got a plethora of people who could be in the home run derby. Now let's go to the Marlins. All right, we got uh, Miguel Rojas. Maybe we put in Jonathan Villar. And, oh, as a third, maybe Brian Anderson. You get what I'm saying? It totally, totally slants toward teams with more payrolls who are built to hit more home runs. American League teams with the DH have an automatic advantage. Can't do that in baseball. 
I absolutely love where his head is at. I want there to be a possibility of change in extra innings. And Justin, it's going to happen. It won't be your plan, but there will be changes because part of coming back this year and every year going forward, we've got to stop four to five hour games, 16 inning games. The argument we were always told by the traditionalists within baseball, how many times does that actually happen? There's like, how many games do you have? Two games a year that are 16 inning games? Just because something doesn't happen often doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare for it. And let me give you an example of exactly what I mean. Just because this is the first pandemic I've ever lived through doesn't mean that maybe our country shouldn't have been a tiny, tiny, eensy-weensy bit more prepared. (sighs) Little women. Little women. That's a movie. Greta Gerwig is so talented. She wrote this for the screen. Do you know what it means when you watch a movie and it says written for the screen and directed? Because she didn't adapt the book by Louisa May Alcott. She didn't make up the story about little women. She wrote a story written for the screen, meaning this story of little women starring, oh man, I think it's Shersha. I get it wrong every time I've been taught it a thousand times. Shersha Ronan. Florence Pugh, who happens to be dating Zach Braff from the movie Garden State and Scrubs. Love him. Laura Dern, the guy from Breaking Bad who plays Saul and obviously stars in Better Call Saul. I say that, and you're right. Uh, He's in my ear. I got you, Coca. Yeah, I don't know his name, okay? It's a movie called Little Women. Several nominations, best costumes, I think it won an Oscar for that. The costumes were amazing. Greta did not get nominated for Best Director. People thought it was absolutely a violation. She should not have been nominated for Best Director, but the movie was actually phenomenal. If she were a man who had directed Bob Odenkirk, there wouldn't have been a question that he would have been in any way nominated. But the fact that she was a woman, people started going a little crazy. She was great. The movie was great. I love her. So anyway, Saoirse was nominated for Best Actress, playing Joe March. Florence Pugh played her sister. You know who else was in it? Timothy Chalamet from uh, Love the Coopers and Call Me By Your Name and various other movies. He's become a major movie star. The thing that I loved about this period piece is that I am fascinated by the relationship of family and the relationship of these sisters It's four sisters, and the mother is Laura Dern, and the father is Odenkirk, and it's the the story of their lives and how these four sisters, basically to them, there is family, and then there's everything else, and at the end of the day, your sisters and your brothers, but they only had sisters, that is it. When there is something your sister needs, you do it. There are no questions asked. Whatever personal issues exist, whatever fighting that happens, it doesn't matter. Little Women is a movie that during I should have seen during Oscar season, and I didn't. I'm glad I watched it yesterday. I strongly, strongly suggest it because it feels right. As opposed to, I've been on a streak of reviewing some movies that I just didn't enjoy. I thought Little Women was a very, very, very well done movie. Thank you, Greta, for making that. You know, I always say that 
players complain about how we run a team. The number of players who came up to me over the years, you know, I would be doing this. I would be doing that. How come you're not doing this? I cannot believe that you're not doing that. And my answer would often be, hey, listen, just because you can throw 97 doesn't mean you can run a team. Just like because I can run a team doesn't mean that I can throw 97. And by the way, if you have any complaints, like going back to Mr. Scott Boris, who complains about the way I ran a team for all those years, my answer to him was buy a team. You run a team one time. You have to make a decision one time running a team. And then I want to hear what you have to say. Well, LaMelo Ball. Is LaMelo named after Carmelo Anthony by chance? I'd never heard that name, LaMelo. LaMelo Ball is one of the Ball brothers. He has decided that along with his agent, a guy named Jermaine Jackson, and not Michael's brother, this is a former NBA player, he went to the Australian League as part of the league's, quote, Next Stars program. He went to a place called Illawarra, which is about 100 clicks from Sydney to the south. And you know what he's doing? He's buying the damn team. I love it. I could not be happier that a player, LaMelo Ball in this case, has decided to buy a team. He will have unique insight in a way that former players who now own teams have but are unwilling to ever discuss. But I have a feeling that this Ball brother will actually discuss what it's like to own a team. I sure as heck have never heard Michael Jordan or Derek Jeter one time stand up and say, wow, I had no idea as a player what was going on. Woo, that's not so easy. But LaMelo's off to a good start. First of all, he announced that he was buying the team through Jermaine Jackson, who gave a quote for the ages. I quote you, we own the team. It's a done deal. Lesson number one in business, Jermaine, and you may want to pass it on to the entire ball clan. Anytime you get a bunch of balls together and you're trying to do a little business in sports, number one, don't make an announcement about a deal until you've got signed papers and it's actually a done deal and all the necessary approvals have been voted on and all of the papers filed and the money exchanged hands. Because until then, that may be called an agreed upon deal, a deal in principle, there may be a memorandum of understanding, but there's not a done deal. And no sooner had Jermaine Jackson come out and said, we've got a done deal. We own the team. It's a done deal. The league came out and said, um, we'd like to announce that the Illawarra team has not been sold. But they stopped. This is me, David, saying, I think this deal goes through. But it's just not announced yet, and it's not done, so I announce it. And then Jermaine, is he going to be the head of communications for you, LaMelo? Because he's got a problem. Here was his quote about what it will mean for you. And he shouldn't invoke your name so much. He shall have a care with your name or it shall be worn out, said Judy Dench, winning an Oscar in Shakespeare in Love. When high schoolers hear LaMelo owns the team, they will want to come. We're going to put the organization on steroids building it into a program that guys want to play for. 
I've been in touch with several former NBA GMs that want to go there. It's who want to go there and help out and high-level coaches that win every championship you can imagine. So Jermaine Jackson gave a statement. The opening statement of your ownership, LaMelo, came from Jermaine Jackson, your agent, who said that we are going to put the organization on steroids. Here's a hint. Don't use that word. Number two, you've been in touch with several former NBA GMs who want to be there. Really? If you're a former NBA GM and you can't get another job in the NBA at any level, of course you want to go somewhere and get paid. Give me some names. Give me some talent. And you have high-level coaches want to win championships? They've won championships? When you want to own a team, the key is to under-promise and over-deliver. When you're a player who becomes an owner, you have to recognize you're going to have tough business decisions to make where the players may not win every battle. So when players go into ownership, it's a whole new game. LaMelo, I give you all the credit in the world, but I only say this. Make sure that you think before you talk. Make sure you hire someone to speak on your behalf who knows exactly what he's doing, knows exactly what he's saying, and never ever get so far ahead of yourself that walking it back becomes impossible. Okay. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I got a strange, I, I don't know if it's the, what's going on with the quarantine or, or what's happening, shelter in place. 
I got another interesting So You Want to Talk to Samson. So the way it works is this. Thank you very much for downloading, subscribing. Please tell a friend. People are listening. We want more people to listen because why not? The more people who listen, the more fun it is because then there's more conversation, more back and forth on Twitter or in any other sort of place you want to have back and forth. So You Want to Talk to Samson is a segment I do. It's from the movie Half-Baked because in Half-Baked, everyone fully wants to talk to Samson. And the question asked was, in the Twitter at David P. Samson, D-A-V-I-D-P-S-A-M-S-O-N, the question was, do you have a take on Michael Jordan playing baseball? And if you were Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of both the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox, how would you have handled this situation? <sighs> yes. Thank you so much for asking that. Let me bring you back to that fateful day when Michael Jordan announced his retirement in 1993 because he wanted to give baseball a try. He was in the peak of his basketball career, and I guess he was tired of winning, and he wanted the Knicks to have a chance or Kakeem Olajuwon to have a chance. Unfortunately, only Olajuwon with the Rockets won the two titles in 94 and 95 before Jordan came back in 96. All of that said, he retired because he wanted to try baseball. That's right. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player who ever lived, who you recall his father got tragically murdered on the side of a highway for reasons that we'll never know, maybe. Terribly tragic to lose someone that way, no question. A horrific crime. Just, I remember when that happened. I remember it like it was yesterday. A lot of rumors circulated about Michael Jordan and why he may have decided to retire and then come back after two years. Rumors, this is not me, the first person saying it, but really, are we going to assume, let me just say this. Having worked at a team for 18 years, and I've, been, I've watched how leagues operate, there is zero chance, zero chance that Michael Jordan retired for the sole reason that he wanted a break from basketball and wanted to try a career in baseball. Zero. All of the other conspiracy theorists as to the reasons why, was it a suspension? Was there a gambling situation going on? Was there anything that could have impacted possibly the business of the NBA? Because believe you me, he was the business of the NBA. All of that's never been proven. One of the great secrets of all time. One of the great secrets of all time. Do you think that Michael Jordan would have had an opportunity to play for any other baseball organization? Of course he would have. If I were the president of a team and I had a chance to get Michael Jordan on one of my minor league teams in two seconds flat. Do you remember what team he played for? Birmingham Barons. Do you remember all the things he did for his minor league players who were making like $1,000 a month and he was making whatever millions of dollars he was making? He bought him the he bought the food every day in the clubhouse. Great teammate. He rode the bus like everyone else in AA. Flew coach if they flew. Maybe all the different things he did. There's only one thing Michael Jordan couldn't do in baseball. And it's the same thing that I can't do in baseball. Play at the professional major league level. Now, Michael Jordan was good enough because he's the best basketball player with the greatest hand-eye coordination and an unbelievable body. He was able to put on a uniform, look good, look smashing, take a lot of media attention, and still manage to put the, ball on the, put the bat on the ball, make a few catches, make a few plays. 
but not a chance. There was no chance he was ever going to be a major leaguer. There was no chance that the White Sox were ever going to bring him up and use a 40-man roster spot at the time on Michael Jordan. No chance of any of it. And there was no way that he was going to get to play for any other team or organization other than a Jerry Reinsdorf-led organization because after his baseball career was going to end, which was going to be two years, then he was going back to the Bulls. All of it was absolutely choreographed and perfect and great. If I'm Jerry Reinsdorf, you're asking me, would I do it? You're damn right I would. I would order that code red every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Why? It's great business. And if there's a way to keep Michael Jordan in the game and active and come back to the Bulls and get me three more championships. Yeah. It's a good question. So you want to talk to Samson. But from my standpoint, it was an absolute no brainer. I am 100 percent going to keep him and have him on the team. One hundo. Thank you for that question. Today's day 19 ML beer challenge. Do you see it? Do you see it? Hold on. I'm giving you my daily rub. My daily rub. Get it? The daily rub. Yeah. Sometimes I do it twice a day on the microphone. (laughs) So listen, I'm not going to shave until there's opening day. I'm just not. I'm going to make sure that my beard grows until Major League Baseball plays a regular season opening day. Coca's agreed to do it with me. We're giving $1,000 away a day to every Major League Baseball team's foundation. Please be helpful. People are in need, and the teams have a better chance of getting it to people in need in their individual cities. If you like the Oakland A's, if you like the Oakland A's, please, in that city, that area, they need it. Not for their new stadium, which they don't have yet. Anything you can donate, cents, $19, $19, $19, $19,000, $190,000. Half of 19 is $9.5. Anything, please do. So the Oakland A's are a team. I, I, uh, they were, I love them, but I, I got to tell you one funny Oakland A's story. And this is one of the questions I'm asked about the Oakland A's consistently is about Moneyball. And the question's always the same. Hey, did you like Moneyball? The answer was, yeah, it was a fine movie. Well, you were in the game. Is that how it is? Is that how trades happen? Is that how front offices work? Is that why the Oakland A's were so good? And my answer has always been the same to that. You watched Moneyball, and your first question to me is, is that how it really works? That's funny to me. Because my first question is, did you really think that Billy Bean looks like Brad Pitt? And that's not being personal. That's just a funny question to me. That didn't occur to you? So I want to talk about the movie, but I first want to tell my Billy Bean story, who happens to be an unbelievable executive, Hall of Famer, unbelievable father, unbelievable man, charitable. He's terrific, self-deprecating. Walked into an owner's meeting, saw Billy Bean right after Moneyball had come out. Hadn't seen him. First time I'd seen him. And the first thing I did, I said, hello, how you doing? And he was a, he was a star sort of, right? He, because there was a chance that he could have left the small market A's to go to a big market team like the Red Sox. That was in the movie. Um, 
but he kept with the A's and it's been very, very fruitful for him. A very smart business decision in terms of ownership, in terms of comp, compensation, just smart move. He's not a dumb man by any stretch. The first thing I did when I went out to him and he looked at me and we sort of smiled because he knew that I was about to say hello and say something about Moneyball. And I looked at him and I just looked at him and I said, listen, Brad Pitt, Brad bleeping Pitt, are you kidding me? And he laughed so hard. He was mortified because when you get Brad Pitt to play you on screen, first of all, the absolute embarrassment or sort of he's not this guy. He's not a dig me at all. Right. He's very down to earth. There's no way that he would want like even a movie be made about him. It's tough. Although everyone says I want a movie made about me, but it's tough. Then you have Brad Pitt in his heyday, like right in the middle of Benjamin Button when he and the actress who plays his girlfriend, oh my God, when they age, she's aging up, he's aging down, and they meet in the middle when they're both incredibly beautiful and perfect. Yes, that's what Brad Pitt was at that time. So Billy Bean looks at me and and he shrugs. He had nothing he could say. And then we had a huge laugh about Jonah Hill, who was called to play Paul D. Podesta. Now, Paul D. Podesta was someone who worked for Jonah Hill, worked for uh, Billy Bean, went on to be a GM, a totally failed GM with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and now works for another team, I want to say the Mets, but he's somewhere in baseball. He is the only person who would not allow the movie makers to use his name, image, likeness. So the movie had to have this character because Ball Di Podesta was a part of this front office. And he said, no, the only one. So what they did is they got Jonah Hill to do it. Jonah Hill to play Paul Di Podesta. If you don't know who Paul Di Podesta is, the guy who used to be in baseball and now has moved over to the, over to the Cleveland Browns. Thank you, Coca. Then you know that Paul Di Podesta is, you know, thin, tall, angular, Jonah Hill in Moneyball was neither thin, tall, nor angular. Just an unbelievably perfect actor and comic actor who's one of the funniest people I know ever. But that's what the movie producers and the casting people did when Paul DePodesta said, we have no interest. So the second thing I say about Moneyball is here's what they didn't do in the movie. So for all you people who think that the Oakland A's were all smarter than everyone else, they did everything better than everybody else, they came up with all these things before any of us did. And then in the movie, it's this great story where they get players like Jeremy Giambi on waivers or on a silly trade, and big trades happen by slamming the phone down and all those things. And then all of a sudden, they win all these games in a row, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know who's not in the movie Moneyball? Where is... Tim Hudson or Barry Zito or Mark Mulder, as in the best and cheapest three pitchers in baseball at the time, none of whom were making significant money, one of whom won the Cy Young Award that year. Oh, and by the way, any mention of Miguel Tejada, who won the MVP for the A's? They had the Cy Young Award winner and the MVP, but they're getting credit for all the schleppers who they brought in who helped them win. It's a movie, folks. It's meant to entertain you. It's meant to make you believe that Billy Bean looks like Brad Pitt. It's meant to make you believe that all those things happened and that the miracle of the A's happened that way. Smart organization. They deserve the $1,000 they're getting and more. They win 
with less money than most teams do over a longer period of time. Congrats to the A's. That's my Moneyball story. Okay, wait to see. I end every show with a wait to see, except I didn't the last two days, but I have to today because this one is so unbelievable. In the last day or two, there's a player. His name is Jod... Jod... Um, I can't... <laughs> Jadavion Clowney. I call him just Clowney because it's Jadavion Clowney, I believe. But either way, he wanted $20 million per year. He then came out. He's a free agent in football. He came out in the middle of the pandemic and said, you know what? I think I will settle for between 17 and $18 million. Guess what, Mr. Clowney? This is the wrong time to start making public the fact that you want between 17 and $18 million. And just because of that, my wait to see is I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Jadavion Clowney will get below $17 million. It's a guarantee. And when he is signed to that contract and is forced to take below $17 million, his agent will just have to look at him and say, hey, it was just business. It was nothing personal. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.